is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This, this, this is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. First down handoff, Elliott plowing to the goal line. Barry, sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it, and he bangs it into the touchdown. Now, your hosts, Mickey Spagnola, Rob Phillips, Everson Walls, and Bill Jones. And here we are on the morning after. The Cowboys beat the Redskins on Sunday, and yet the Giants fall to the Eagles. And so now the new year comes a couple of days early for your Dallas Cowboys as we look ahead to 2020 and look back at uh, what happened in an 8-8 eight and eight season. This is Talking Cowboys, and we've got much to get to here in the SWBC Mortgage Studios. We've got the yeah, full we need, squad we here. We start on time, guys. This CP time is killing me. <laughs> What's going on, man? I, I thought I was joining a professional Getting group Getting cheated here. out of five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> you go eight and eight when you don't That's show up right. on time. That's you know? right. So slow starts. It was the, the story, story of the sad. season. Story we have a slow season. start here on Talking Cowboys also. <laughs> and so uh, here we are. And uh, let's, uh, I guess, go around the table and just a quick take on where we are right now. Mickey? Kind of uh, where you think you would be when you have to rely on somebody else to do your dirty work. Mm -hmm. You had your opportunity against the Philadelphia Eagles the week before. You didn't cash in. And uh, as I say over and over again, the NFL helps those who help themselves. And the Cowboys didn't help themselves Mm. enough. The uh, Giants teased them. uh, Teased them for – They sure did. Me almost uh, 17 all. I mean, Saquon goes 69 oh, I yards. That was it, man. 205 <laughs> left in the third, and it's a tie game, 17 17. You're sitting there going, well, okay, maybe. You're telling me there's a chance. Every, everyone, we're like Jerry Jones at the game. Everyone's had the, yeah. the split screen. You had one TV on the field. We had the, one the TV field. in yeah. the press box oh, yeah. on, the, on that game, and then Elliott <laughs> hit the 50 yarder and then the fumble. Well, it was about the same time the Cowboys make a field goal, the Eagles yes. make a it field goal. It was amazing. It was very weird. Documenting it That's every right. time one very scored, weird. the other one scored. <laughs> yeah. Like alternate realities or something. Yes, that was very good. <laughs> but it did not turn out the way. No Super Bowl Bill just not. Yep. Gonna no. right You're going to be there though, right? <laughs> wear the hat. The winter yeah. You did Cap wear the hat. Like, if you would have worn the hat Friday, then I think we'd been in better shape. So. Yeah. Oh, that's right. You blew it with Yeah, I wore. Oh, I wore. It. We don't get into the hat. I wore. Let's not get into that. I'm sorry, <laughs> Bill. Yeah, we don't want to get into that either. That went exactly how I thought it would go. Although you know, although if there is any saving grace, at least they did what they needed to do and beat the Redskins 47-16. And I don't know if I've ever seen a victory over the Redskins so hollow wow. in my life, That's right? true. Very true. Because usually if you just beat the Redskins, even if they're bad, it's a great deal, yeah. right? And you beat them 47-16. And as uh, Dak Prescott said after the game, he said, I don't think I've ever been as disappointed after a win. Hmm. Yeah, that was a quiet locker room. Not many guys talked. And, I mean, they had their chances. They had their chance a week ago, and they didn't capitalize in Philly. And when you look back at this season, I think we're going to look back at a lot of things, but the close games in particular. And they were 1-6 in in games decided by one score. And last year, I think they were something like 9-3. And, and, you know, didn't make the plays in the fourth quarter. We mentioned the slow starts. Those were a thing all year long, and – you know, when you go back and review this season, I think you're going to look at some things that didn't go right that cost them in the playoffs last year. 
Same things. The games they lost, they didn't convert in the red zone, they didn't stop the run at times, and they didn't take the ball away. And, and those are – Jason Garrett mentioned it on the, on the fan this morning. They didn't make enough winning-type plays consistently this season, and that's why they're 8-8, eight and eight, and that's why they're home for the playoffs. Sad. Yeah, when you start thinking about it, you've got, uh, what, uh, the turnovers in yep. the game. You know, we made the third downs. It was going back to what we were accustomed to. And uh, as you looked at the game, and as it was over, I'm sure if I was in that locker room and I was one of those players, I would have been contemplating so many things at that point. All the things that you pointed out, you know, our, our failties and, and, and everything that we messed up, um, our uh, inability to, you know, keep things in our own hands, you know, to keep our fate in our own hands. I think that really is the most disappointing part of it. Um, we can talk about the different uh, individual stats and failures, but when it all comes down to it, they were not a good team. We always talk about the superstars. We always talk about the salaries that we gave out. And I've said it over and over again. You don't need a team full of superstars to beat a team full of superstars. You just need a good team. And who, who, who amplifies that right now to me? The Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. Especially with they all deserved the injuries everything they had. that they got. That's they true. deserved everything that they have right now. They and we it. deserve everything that we have right now because those guys did what we did last year with nothing, with less. At least last year, uh, Dak and the guys had uh, Zeke and you had Cooper, you had the offensive line. They were, man, <laughs> I think the guy said yesterday, some of the guys had just met in the huddle. <laughs> I mean, think about that. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> right, yeah. hey, you know, I, I, I just signed uh, about right before the game. And um, here you got a practice player, former practice player, got three touchdowns yesterday. Scott. Did I, did I read that Boston well? Scott. Yeah. Boston Scott, the running back. And just think about that. He was a practice player. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No He's excuses. Mickey's height. No excuses. Yep. And Almost he came as fast, in there. too. <laughs> <laughs> he, got, uh, he got a lot of elbows in the face. Uh, yeah, 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 like Mickey did play in high school basketball. <laughs> yeah, right? Or no, pickup basketball. Pick basketball. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I didn't grow any from high school. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, let's do this, and we'll uh, – uh, Douglas Barricklow is doing the producing uh, honors today, chores today. Yeah, and yeah. he's got some cuts from Jason Garrett's appearance this morning on 105.3 The Fan. Let's start with this. Despite missing the playoffs, Garrett pleased with the way his team played yesterday. I was so inspired by how our team played yesterday. And ultimately, as a coach – uh, you know, that, that's the stuff that becomes most important to you. And, uh, you know, the look our guys had in their eyes and how they played and the love they had for the game and for each other and uh, just how hard they played and how determined they played and how tough they played and how willful they played. You know, those are the things as a coach that you just you, 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 you value more than anything else. So, uh, you know, ultimately we didn't get it done. Uh, ultimately, you know, we, we weren't a playoff team this year. Uh, that's disappointing for everybody, no one more than us, the guys who are directly involved in it. Uh, but yesterday was a good day. We control what we can control, and the guys played inspirational football. And as a coach, that's what we value most. You know, the big takeaway I had from the whole uh, post-game scene yesterday was, you know, these guys, it, it, as disappointing as it is, any team, at, especially at this level, you invest so much during the year. And Dak Prescott talks about the brotherhood that develops every year. 
and it's emotional regardless at the when you've invested like this team invested even though the results aren't what they everyone wanted it to be it's it's an emotional time at the end of the season when you're when it's the end of the road well you know when you spend your whole time with these guys you know you're, you're with your teammates more than you're with your family they might see you guys more than they I, I might see you guys more than I might see my wife mm-hmm. you know if I'm playing during the season and uh, you know when you start getting real close to these guys and your your efforts come together and then you you know you're together when you lose you're together when you win you know you go through these ups and downs like a family you know there're going to be some arguments some disappointments and but then in the end is when you finally realize we did all of this together good or bad we were, we are all in this together and it is i guess it does get pretty emotional you know especially when you're disappointing in a disappointing season it's emotional enough when the season's over after a super bowl win it's really emotional when you don't even get there and you get to watch all of these guys and the accolades and things of that nature knowing that you have really and if you're that player and you're in this particular situation, you would look at yourself and say, I let my teammates down. No matter how well you played, if I would have done better, then we would have done better. That's a team concept. It's like uh, Zeke said after the game, it it becomes like a family. And Jeff, he told me, you know, and he's sitting there talking to us with two bad shoulders and probably at least one probably needs to get fixed in the Mm -hmm. offseason. Guys playing through stuff. He said, you know, we've, we've been together basically every day since April. You know when the when the off season program starts, and so you you summed it up great. Former player, you know exactly what it's like, win or lose, at the end of the season, um, and and the reality sets in that this group will never be together again. I mean, and especially I this think group. That, that's this really group. the ultimate sadness about it. You know that something's going to change, and this this will never happen again. Not this, this will never happen. Again. Not this exact group. Not this and exact and group. Uh, you, know, you go down the list here. It's like twenty. I think it is twenty six potential unrestricted free agents. A lot of contracts. A lot of contracts yeah. need to be. Uh, yeah, a, yeah. A lot of potential change on this team. Coming you know, up. and I think the hardest thing is, is you going from start of training camp to you know the last game of the season you're going 100 miles an hour right and then all of a sudden when you get in situations like this say say you're six and six and nine or Mm. whatever you know you're not going to the playoffs you know the season's over you go three and 12 you get to the last game you know the season's over but this was almost like a, a playoff game where 100 miles an hour and everything comes to a screeching halt and I think that's so hard uh, if if I was a player. Heck, it's hard for us, right? Yeah. We go 100 miles an hour, and then all of a sudden, well, it's over. Mm-hmm. And I think that would be the hardest thing to accept. The most sobering thing is here in a few minutes when the locker room's supposed to open to the media and those trash bags come out yeah. and guys are cleaning out their lockers yeah. after their t- final team meeting. It's like, and it's it, like the, you get the box. You know, when you're in the office, you get the box. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the guys got the trash bag. Yeah. yeah, and guys start asking, answering questions about their contract status coming up, whether they need surgery in the offseason. I mean, it's uh, it's just a totally different vibe, and right. it's it's the reality sets in. This is it. All right, here's more uh, from Jason Garrett from this morning on 105.3 The Fan answering a big-picture question. What did he think went wrong this season? (laughs) I think the overarching explanation is we weren't consistent enough. We weren't consistent enough throughout the year from game to game. We weren't consistent enough within games. Uh, We didn't do uh, the things that winning football teams do. And, you know, we have have a, a basic formula for winning, that we talk a lot about. You have to win the ball. You have to win the big plays. You have to win the fourth quarter. And oftentimes, when you when you pull back after a ball game to evaluate, 
those three statistics, you know, those, those will be the deciding factors in games. If you lose the turnover ratio, you're going to lose a lot of games in the NFL. If one team is making many more big plays than the other team in the game, typically that correlates to points. You know, you make big plays, typically you score points. If you don't, it's hard to score points. And then, obviously, so many of these games are decided in the fourth quarter. They're one-score games. Two-thirds of the games in the NFL are decided by, by one score. And, and how you play in those games, you know, how you play in the fourth quarter uh, is huge. If you make the plays on offense or if you make the stops on defense, you do what you need to do in the kicking game. And, you know, in the games that we lost, many of them were close games, one-score games. That's the best thing we did with our team last year. You know, we won seven out of eight down the stretch, eight out of ten down the stretch last year, and they were close games. They were back and forth. You know, we're ahead, they're ahead, scores tied. We do what we need to do at the end of the game. This year in the games that we lost, we weren't able to get that done, and ultimately that's the difference. And that was the difference, right? One in six in one-score games, and – I, I think in some of those one-score games, they became one-score games because they had fallen behind right, by so much, exactly. and they had to score <laughs> so much just to make it a one-score game. That's true. They weren't all yeah right, nail biters, games, but they right, did have some forth. opportunities in some of them, and they, they couldn't cash in late. You know, and there was never ever a better example of what he was saying than the Seattle Seahawks. I was going to say they, that, they they went into the game last night, and they of their eleven wins. Ten were one-score games, and what happens last night? It's a one-score game, and they're and basically one at the one-yard one line, game. right? Yes. Yeah. And they get penalized, and they can't get in the end zone, and they lose 26-21 when the tight end landed six inches from the goal line. Sometimes they say that uh, it catches up with you. Yeah, and you, you know? know what? And, I, and, and that was kind of my what I wrote about from last year to this year. Yeah. It caught up with them. They won eight games last year by one score. It's like, okay, now this year you you're lose testing six fate. of them, you're, right? You're, test, you're tempting fate. If you're yeah, not you're, knocking people out, right. right, dominating them, at some point that stuff's going to even out. You can't keep winning like that. Well, they, the pattern that they had was, was not a good pattern. You know, having to win those close games, putting yourself in position to having to make that play. All of a sudden, you can't make that play. Or that field goal. Or that field goal. And so here you got you can say, okay, well, it's coaching. We should have done this. We should have done that. No one questioned any of their, you know, any of their approach, you know, uh, last year. It, there was no, no questioning how they wanted, oh, this could have gone this way in that game. Well, four of those games, we didn't, we didn't quantify how four of those games could have gone another way. Right. Now, here we are talking about it. Uh, by the way, on that Seattle game, how uh, ironic was it that uh, <laughs> the Saints missed out on a chance at a first-round bye because the replay booth decided not to review an obvious pass, pass interference call? Yes. How, can they, how can they not? <laughs> by the way, <laughs> got my NFL officiator there it is, shirt on. How can yep. they not even look at that? I mean, it, okay, say you say the – and you know what they were going to say, the call in the field stands. But look at it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and somebody said – I mean, because they, they passed the rule, right? So you might as well. I, I don't well, know the, if it was they on the to, broadcast they, they tried right. to justify it. He yeah. tried to justify it by saying you don't want to come in and change a game 
with that call. Yeah. Or well, that no call. That's what that's, that's the way why the rule was put in. And that's what they said. That's right. why the rule was put in. And then in. let me throw this out there. Can you imagine the criticism Jason Garrett would have gotten if his team got down on the one yard line and didn't got a delay a game penalty? How did they get it? It looked like us. <laughs> that looked like us. How that was Deja Vu all over watching it. So watching that game. How did they get a delay? Mm. But it, it just it they blew it. They too long it. to get you there. You asked Jason Garrett the same thing. How did something happen? They yeah. just blew it. They wouldn't even explain it. They tried to talk about it after the game. <laughs> he just brushed over it. Pete Carroll said, oh, it was just what it was. And then they tried to, to, tried to explain the way, saying, oh, well, now they have more room to pass the ball. Right. We, we <laughs> wanted to be at the on six the one anyway. yard line. No, we're better off on the six. It was good. <laughs> that way I we'll just, throw a five-yard pass and get stopped six inches short. Even the commentators were silly on that one. They, they gave it a pass. <laughs> they gave them a pass. If yeah. that was Jason Garrett, oh, that no would be that. the oh. talk of the entire game. Yeah, that's exactly right. Jason Garrett blew the whole season right there. <laughs> that's what they would have said. I, I can't remember which game it was. Uh, it was somewhere in the in the 90s in the Super Bowl seasons where the Cowboys were kind of in that same situation about the six-yard line, and Troy threw a pass underneath. It was against Cleveland. Cleveland, Cleveland, right? I remember. And he ended up at the half-yard line. And uh-huh. so everybody was like, how could you throw the ball underneath? you got to throw it in the end zone. <laughs> they had no timeouts left, and, and so the clock is run, the, yeah. the actual game clock is running, and they couldn't get another playoff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. All right. Uh, one more before we take a break. One more from Jason Garrett asked what his future holds. I don't know. Don't know. We're going to go in this morning, and uh, you know, the, the guys have exit physicals, so we're going to talk to our players. We're going to have a team meeting at, at 12 noon, and I'm scheduled to visit with the Joneses after that, and and, and we'll have a good visit, and, and we'll see what's we'll see what's next. I thought the locker room was open at noon. Well, uh, their team meetings. Uh, I just be heard then. it's going to be a little later. Than okay. Me. All right. Yeah. yeah. So the team meeting takes place right after talking Cowboys. Takes a little Everyone... more precedence than uh, <laughs> us getting in the locker. When I woke up this morning, I was looking for an ESPN alert or something. Already. Yeah. Already. We had two of them. Kitchens. Yeah, and the kitchens. Yeah. And, and kitchens last night. Cleveland made made that move quickly. Quickly. After, quickly after they quickly. lost to Cincinnati. Couldn't yeah. wait. Couldn't wait. Could <laughs> and not uh, then this morning, Pat Shermer let go. Uh, but Dave Gettleman is staying on as the GM of the uh, New York Giants. So that's that's Jason Garrett's future. Well, home. That's, that's a lot of is speculation. It, is it lining up like that? I yeah. mean, it sounds like it. Well, and it's unique because he's he's out of contract. So there's if they decide to go in a different direction, it's not a firing. Right. It, would, it would be just an announcement. Moving, yeah, mm-hmm. and I don't yeah. even and I don't even know if if they do if they do change direction, I don't even know if they would make an announcement or when they would make an announcement because if you look at it, Mick, like a player who's a free agent, they don't announce that a player leaves. I, I don't know how it, it we'll would, see how this unfolds. If, I, mean, I think if there is if there was an announcement, and I'm just speculating. I have no idea. But it would be a mutual parting of the ways. Of course. It, uh, if, if that's the way, the way they the go. Linehan was, I think it was described you know, scribe that way yeah. as a mutual parting of the ways. Anyway, we continue sort with of more like Jimmy and Jerry, right? Cowboys it was mutual in, in just a moment. <laughs> Essilor is a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys, helping fans see more and do more with our best vision solutions. Our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine. For a limited time, get the Essilor Next Gen offer, where you buy the latest generation of transitions lenses with select Essilor lenses, you can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases. Restrictions apply. Find a participating eye care professional by visiting EssilorUSA.com. Essilor. See more. Do more. Ready? Okay. Give me an S. S. Give me an O. O. Give me an S. S. Give me an O. O. 
Just okay is not okay. Whether it's cheerleaders or your wireless network, AT&T is America's best wireless network. Best network based on GWS1 score September 2019. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. Right now you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks. Free shipping. Do you want the most interesting, up-to-the-minute Dallas Cowboys news straight from the star in Frisco? How about exclusive and on command? That's right, news and nuggets you can't find anywhere else. With our exclusive Cowboys content on Alexa, you can have all the answers, secrets, stories, and more. What's Stephen Jones thinking during a game? What's Joe Looney's favorite pregame meal? We take your questions to Cowboys players and coaches, and you can hear the answers directly back to you. Just say Alexa, open down. Dallas Cowboys. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Back to Talking Cowboys. Time to grab the best of 2019. Choose a free travel size of one of this year's best with your $60 plus purchase on getjackblack.com. <laughs> Probably need to know to that this was Jack Black, <laughs> and you can go mm. and shop now if you use the code BEST. So go ahead and get some of your faves. <laughs> Grab them. Best ones of 2019. You've got to What's do the best read. one you got? You should do a pre-read every time. You know, a practice uh, one? Yeah, a practice I'm, a, I'm a big fan of <laughs> He doesn't need a practice read. Yes, he read. does. Yeah. He really does. No, no practice And he needs whatsoever. a cover on his, you on notice his mic. When he, gets, a... when he gets off track, he drops in a big inflection. When, <laughs> right, when right. he starts uh-huh. stumbling and it's like, <laughs> That's Jack Black. Scrambling to it's find the next It's better than going, ah. True, true. Well done, Nick. Oh, you just say it with more authority <laughs> when you right. start going off the rails. What's, what's your best? Uh, oh, well, the beard lube is what I. Beard lube. Yeah, yeah, yeah beard yeah, lube. Yeah, beard lube. I, yeah. I, I, just, there it is. Beard I finally, lube. I finally. <laughs> the beard lube is made of beard. Yeah. I finally used it today for the first time. The razor that they're shelling. Oh, they're shelling, 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 shelling it out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's pretty darn good. Really? Is it really? Yes. And if you use the beer lube with it. Have you had some of the beer lube this morning? I did. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm sorry. I need some water. <laughs> Go to getjackblack.com. <laughs> okay. Uh, we heard from one Jason. How about we hear from another Jason mm. from the post game yesterday? Mr. Witten reflects on yesterday's game with both its playoff implications and the possibility it was the last of his career. Never experienced anything like it, you know. I mean, really, you showed up today and you just felt like, you know, it was going to work out. You know, we had to take care of our business and felt like maybe New York could beat them. And, uh, but, look, we had opportunities this season and, and we fell short. And uh, you know, it's a tough day across the board because I think this team was close. 
Um, but we didn't play well at critical times this season, and I can go back at different points and recognize that. But uh, just I wanted to share with those guys. You know, when I came back, uh, it was a huge challenge. I'm proud of the way I played, but more importantly, I'm proud that I was able to kind of be there for those young players who I think have really bright futures that are cornerstone pieces in this organization and um, just show them how you do it, you know, and it's a tough game and you got to be mentally tough. You got to go in there and approach it every day and say, you know, everybody's watching. They're watching what you do every single day. And for all the young kids out there that want to be here one day, just know that um, it takes a lot of hard work, it takes a lot of determination and, uh, you know, but it's worth it. This game's been so good to me. I love this game. And it was a, it was a heck of a year. Hmm. Well, you can hear the emotion in his voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that was probably the way he reacted after the game. Probably it. He uh, was going in, and he turned around, and he grabbed Sean Lee, and he goes, hey, let's take a picture. And they posed for a picture side by side, and then he ran <laughs> to the northeast corner towards the end zone and waved to the, fa- the, the, the stand, so I assume that's where his family was. And then when he came back, when he got behind the Cowboys bench, he went. He didn't go in through the, the club area. He went along the sideline and slapped hands with the fans that were sitting in those bunker suites before he went into the tunnel. So it was almost like he didn't want to do the last kind of hurrah that – players do but but prior to the game he didn't want to and then yeah yeah. and then afterwards he he kind of made his last walk and he said you know he said he would take a few days to decide but you heard the emotion in his voice and if I'm not mistaken he he was on the sideline for much of that fourth quarter it was it was Jarwin and Schultz and then he came back in for victory formation yep gave the guys a hug and uh you know that seemed kind of symbolic to me well the other part Mm -hmm. of that is on the on television they show the shot he had and this is when the defense was on the field all right, he had, had shaken hands with, with uh, teammates on the sideline, and then he had his helmet on. I thought that was so cool. Yeah. That the defense is on the field, and he – it was like – it was as if – Not take it off, he, right? One last time, he's putting his helmet on on the field. And he was also probably anticipation he is going back on the field for victory formation here because the defense was about to hold him. But I tell you what, he, he is blessed uh, because only a few, a very small percentage of – Former players get a chance to go out like that. Most of us are just just axed, and you're out. You know, we get the box, like you said, we get the sack, and then we're out of there. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm, you know, he he deserves. I, to me, every player deserves to go out like that. But it's good to see somebody uh, get that opportunity who deserves it because to me, uh, players that are put in a lot of work for I don't care if it's one team or many different teams, we're all emotional about it. You know, whether you see us cry or not. You know, we we go through the same thing, and there's a lot of guys that deserve the accolades that uh, Jason has has gotten on the way that they have gone out. And I'm just glad to see somebody get a chance to go out like that because it's it's a tough game. NFL is a tough game when you get when you get put out. Did you, you know? know your last game was your last game? I did not. No, I did not. So yeah, it's myself. You can think of some great players that were never able to go out with the dignity uh, that uh, they that was shown to Jason Witten. So it's good to see somebody get that. Yeah. But there's a lot of guys that have come through this cowboy through this this cowboy uh, organization that deserve that same kind of love, and they did not get it. So kudos to the Cowboys for giving Jason Witten a chance to do that. And uh, some, one, usually somebody tells you, yeah, that yeah, was right, the last yeah, right, yeah, you, know, exactly. you don't realize. 
realize no, they it don't when, even, when you're no, they don't through. give you the love. Did you finish the season? I did not. You did not? I did not. <clears throat> no, so it, it happens to a lot of us, no doubt. One more from Witten talking about his teammates, the Cowboys organization, and a particularly notable moment in his career. Oh, the start. You know, I think the beginning. You know, green as I could be, just turned 21 years old, playing for a legendary mm. coach in Bill Parcells who had a blueprint on what the tight end position looked like, you know, and walking into the Valley Ranch and, and, and meeting the Jones family and seeing the, the legendary figures that, you know, my grandfather talked about of Tom Landry and Roger Staubach and Michael Irvin and, and uh, saying that I'm going to be one of those guys one day. And uh, nobody in help probably thought that was going to happen, but, you know, to be standing here, and, and really it's the relationships. I mean, guys like you guys and certainly those teammates that just walked out, I mean, it's a small family, you know, and you sacrifice a lot, but um, this organization is surrounded with really good people. And I think the older you get, you appreciate going to work every day and being around people that are passionate, um, make others around them better, and are unselfish. And that's something that I appreciate. So 16 years, uh, I don't know if that's going to be the end. I'll take a few days and, and figure it out. But I think this decision will happen pretty quickly here in the next few weeks. Yeah, pretty quickly. Said. Yeah, yeah, pretty quickly. Like Versus a few like days, then it became a few weeks. Sounds like it happened already. Sounds like it's already yeah. done, yeah. <laughs> awfully, awfully reflective. And I do think he, he kind of stopped and, and smelled the roses this year a little bit more than maybe he did in the past. I mean, when he first came back in the spring, Mick, he stopped us in the training table mm -hmm. and shot the bull with us for, I don't know, 30 minutes. And I remember my sandwich just getting super cold. You know? But he, he, he was but so excited. It was great. It was great. And he was so excited. on, i got to eat. Right. He was so excited. Excited to be back, and I, I, I can think just he, see Rob like, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, great, Wiz, great. But that, that, I mean, obviously, you know, he made the decision to come back, but it, it also, you know, TV didn't work out the way he probably planned. But at the same time, it's a hard decision to come back because you know this is killing him to make the decision, put the work in, and nobody wants a title more than he than he does. And it, has, it has to be kind of heartbreaking for him as well because. He thought, as well as we all did, that this team was going to be it. I'm going to go out in, with a bang with these guys. You know, we've got it together, you know, with the previous year, and all of a sudden we got this year. It's going to build up to something yep. great. And I'm sure he saw this thing ending a lot differently than how it did. But, I mean, it's kind of hard to feel sorry for him because the guy had a great career. Of course, you know, we know how it is. You got to go. But, Man, I, you just got to look back on all the good things that he did, man, mm -hmm. and uh, realize that they'll never forget him. He'll never be forgotten around here. So You know, he, he mentioned that Bill had a kind of an idea of what a tight end was. Parcells. And, Parcells. And uh, I'll never forget this. It was one of his first off-season <laughs> yeah, practices. Not you, Bill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it was one of his first, I don't know if it was an OTA or a, a mini-camp practice, and Witten kind of went over the middle and caught a pass. And Parcells barks out, yeah, that's my pass-catching tight end. Because <laughs> he, yeah. he saw Mark Bavaro of in him. And you of know course. Mark Bavaro, yes. right? And, and he wanted to make him a complete tight end, not just some guy that's going to line up in the slot and catch passes. Well, let's just be real, guys. Tight ends weren't – right. I mean, tight ends are taking over the game. Right. Let's just be real. And it really kind of started right there. You know, Bavaro was was one of those guys, but then you know, Witten and those guys, they were the they were that class that came up. You know, that that was really great. Who's the guy for the Falcons? Uh, the big tight end, uh, oh, Graham. Oh, was. 
Gonzalez? No, no, I mean the commentator. Oh, the guy that has the, the commentator. The, yeah. All the catches in Gonzalez. the world. Gonzalez. Gonzalez. Oh, thank yeah. you. Thank you. Yeah. Gonzalez was yeah. with that group as well. I mean, these guys came up, uh, former basketball players. Antonio Gates came. All of a sudden, you got these former basketball players, and, and they're taking over the league. And, and one thing Witt said, he talked about how he's proud of the way he played. One thing he mentioned was he's proud of the way he blocked this year. He said this is one of the best blocking seasons he's probably had in the last few years in a little bit of a different role. He still had major snaps and played started 16 games, but he did some of the more little things that maybe you don't notice as much in the run. I game. think it was a big improvement from uh, the year he left. Yes. Because when he left, he was making some mistakes, you know, just unusual mistakes, uncharacteristic for Jason Whitney. All starts and holding. Yeah, all that. And, and then when he came back, I think he was a little bit more aware of it. You know, the other picture I wish I had in the locker room was Sean Lee. Uh, when we were all getting ready to leave, he yeah. was still in his. He had still had his game pants on. He had a, what kind of a t-shirt. There, his his knee is bleeding. His the 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 calves of his legs were. I don't know. They were just discolored. I don't know if it was from dirt. Contusions, or whatever. No, probably contusions and, and, and bruises. And then yeah. and then he had blood all over his pants. Right. And I'm looking at this and I'm going, that's Sean Lee mm-hmm. right there. That that is the epitome. <clears throat> and and then he didn't want to do the interview. He said, No, I'll do it Monday. He goes on. He goes. I got a shower. I don't want to picture of myself like this and I'm thinking I want that <laughs> that, that is Sean Lee yeah. to the yeah. T right there yep. so looked like Rocky after a 15 round fight yeah mm-hmm. no seriously so there were yeah there, there was pretty there was a lot of emotion there. Uh, the other thing were you in the stadium still when Jason Garrett and his family and friends I were was. on the field yes. Yes. That made around a, 10 a big, o'clock last a big night. impression on on me well, it was it was probably I don't know if it was 10. It, it was approaching. It was late. Yeah. According to the media that were it, it there, was it was approaching 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock or so. Yeah. But he was out there for a while, and he does it after every He's game. done it, win or lose, okay. after a lot so of they okay. meet, right. they meet yeah. in wherever the family reception room yeah, is. Yeah, it's not like the they go, he goes home right after yeah. the game. He, right. And he always goes out there with family, uh, probably nieces, nephews, whatever, and he's the quarterback, and he throws the ball around, and he was pretty funny. Uh, this morning when he talked about it because a lot of times they just go out there and they run 40-yard dashes or whatever because we he said believe it or not we have a hard time finding a football that late after a game Mm. but he says we had a football so he was the quarterback for both teams and uh you know what and you know when he and I know the the deal he it's probably a long cut that we don't have time for but he talked about afterwards being a stand-up guy and 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 he was you know, he he didn't change. He, he, standing he tall. Never standing has. tall. He never has. Right? Yeah. yeah. Never he, has. he went out and did that. When he left the locker room for the last time and we were about done doing our TV stuff, he came out. He tapped me on the shoulder, shook hands. He tapped Dak, I mean, uh, Babe and Brad on the shoulder, shook hands with them, and just kind of walked off. And But he did what he always does, you know. He didn't. It didn't change. He he stayed on that podium for ten minutes, answer, answering all the questions, and then did them. You know, if it was me, I don't know if I'd have done that morning radio show. Well, you know. And on that morning radio show, he said what he always says: the cut earlier about it was a good day yesterday, mm-hmm. and you know that's Jason Garrett yep. because. It wasn't Find a good day. Lining. I mean, yeah, Find exactly. that lining, yeah. I mean, if you look at the big picture, and that's our job, is that no, it wasn't a good day in terms of missing the playoffs and finishing eight and eight. You know, it's it's a it's a disappointing end to a season. But he's proud of his guys, finish, standing tall and finishing the season strong. That's that's a coach's mentality, and that's that's always been his message. Have a great day, and 
in his mind, you know, the way they finished out, at least they finished that way. So I, for I all, think, the, think, all the people out there that, you know, got into this deal about, you know, his message got stale, he can't motivate the team, just take your BS home, all right, because that, that team didn't have to play the way they did. Uh, yesterday, and they can't, and they didn't start off very well either. And, by the way, listen to how emotional Dak got talking about him after the yeah. game. Too. Oh, for guys, real? Guys, oh, his yeah. eyes were welling. Oh, guys, wow. yeah, respect his message. The, the job didn't get done, but there's respect for the way he's he's for the way he stayed true to himself throughout all these years. You know, to me, it's old school. Uh, you can tell he was raised old school. Uh, yeah, you know. You we knew can, we dad, can talk right, about motivational yeah. people. Yeah, his dad was was jogging until like the day he died. That's I mean, right. He jogged like mm-hmm. all around the track, mm-hmm. and um, you yeah, know, but but I, you could tell that's how he was raised. He was raised by a man that basically no nonsense. You know, it's we have coaches out there that are fiery, fiery brimstone. I was I was taught by a bunch of them, but there are also like people like my father. <laughs> he, all he wants is I ask you to do something, you do it. You know, I don't need to motivate you to do anything. I, this is what you do. And so I think that's what Jason's uh, philosophy was. Guys, you know why we're here. I don't need to sh- tell you why. I've been here myself as a player. Now I'm your coach. I can tell you what's going on. I have parted all this wisdom to you. Now let's go out and win some ball games. But they, I think these players, they need more than that. As as an old school guy myself, I would not have needed more than that. All I needed was my teammates to be there with me. That's all I needed. Coaches were, they were instructors to me. And I thought that this team was going to handle that in the same way. But I think they need somebody to threaten them. I think they need a Jimmy Johnson out there. Because obviously, you know, they just didn't seem motivated at the beginning of the tough games that they had. And let's be real, guys. If this game was in D.C., we might have lost that game. That was a slow start. It was a slow, ugly Penalties. start. Although in we D.C., awkward. they're not drawing very many fans yeah, in right? D.C., even if the Cowboys are <laughs> coming to town right this. now. Let's just say this. The Cowboys <laughs> came out for that game the same way they came out for Philadelphia right. game in right. Philadelphia. You're right yeah. about That's that. That's what happened. And in the road games, they didn't handle the in-game Well, the road games are different you know, because yeah. the opponents are going to be more fired up. Right. They're going to be more motivated. Now they're here in Dallas, the last game. We're not even at home. If they would have played in D.C., May not have been, mm-hmm. may not still been a loss for for the Redskins, yeah. but they would have played better. And they didn't want to win either. By the way, they wanted that second pick in the draft. <laughs> well, yeah, let's say that too. And, you know, and, and it's they all, have twenty five guys on injured reserve. <laughs> and, 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 and you know, I mean, and, and it's always hard to play those types of teams because you know it's going to be four downs, right? I don't even know why they kicked those field goals. I'd have kept going for <laughs> it. Was, it yeah, it was like down. a yeah. I didn't understand why he started uh, off not yeah, going he, for it. He went for it on fourth down Twice. the first time, and then he kicked field goal the second time. I said, well, what's the difference? It was fourth and four or fourth and seven. I mean, why? You kicking it now? Yeah, <laughs> that's why they're the Redskins. That's right. Yes. That's right. Um, all right. So, so what happens the rest of this day? So we he got two minutes left, and we got the break. Getting ready to come in here. He mentioned that he's meeting with the Joneses after the team meeting. So mm-hmm. we'll see what takes place there. And I would imagine, um, I don't know. I just have this feeling we're going to hear something by the end of the day. I do too. Yeah. Very well could be. Yeah. No, you know, no and, and, almost in fair, out, and almost in fairness to him, because if you're letting him go, there's opportunities out of there. Of course. Right? And no sense letting those opportunities pass by well, and while you're hanging on to him. That's for how two I ended up weeks. with the Giants. I, Jimmy let me go as soon as the season was over. 
as opposed to being vindictive and holding on to me all off season when everyone's already filled up their rosters. Yeah, and they let no, me go right away. And boom, you I gave him myself. every opportunity to be vindictive <laughs> since you were fraternizing with the opponent. Enemy, with right. the enemy. <laughs> the enemy, not the opponent. It's yeah. the enemy. That's right. yes. If you think about it, this was this was the same situation Troy was in after that 2020 season when he wanted to get released. So he he thought Norv would bring him in as the backup quarterback in San Diego, and Jerry wanted to wait to June one because he wanted to spread out his cap, right. his 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 proration of the I cap. That. And and Troy <laughs> Troy got mad at him, yep. and they got mad at each other, and then he finally let him go. But by time they released him. Uh, San Diego had signed Doug Flutie as their kind of veteran backup, mm-hmm. and there really wasn't an opportunity. But Troy, in his mind, was, I'm still playing, right? Wow. And then he Didn't finally decided, he still, he, then he decided, okay, it's time to retire. I mean, DeMarcus Ware, kind of the same situation? Or I guess he was going to be a free agent. I can't remember. No, he was under contract. He was under they contract, but, they, but it was right at money. it was right at the opening day of free agency. They decided to yeah, go ahead and, and I don't know if there was a because so Troy had a roster bonus there too. Right. He was going to cost them seven million dollars if they kept mm. him, but they were willing to do that to spread out the proration of his of his signing bonus. But yeah, they were going to release him and say okay, but not till June one. Okay, the break is up next. Keep it right here in the Dallas Cowboys. We dot com yes and and we will be we will be back here tomorrow for another edition (laughs) of talking cowboys and there will be lots to talk about tomorrow this has been a production of dallascowboys.com and the dallas cowboys football club how about this cowboys